Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Yeah, uh, disclaimer, petard is a word, a real word, and petards are bombs. Look it up and read your Shakespeare, you know, more than the internet out here. Uh, this is Drew, the pragmatic cyclops of this podcast. And I'm Jimbo, the non-conforming, anti-millennial, existentialist pilot critic, and kenny of the podcast unfortunately hoisters the motherfucking magical miss mo master of the pilots is out again once again a wall we have no idea hopefully she's she's still okay but joining us we have matt and kate from but why though podcast and they are going to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about themselves and their podcast hi really glad to be here i'm kate i'm matt hello and uh, we do a podcast called But Why Though, where every week we look at a different piece of pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Um, so kind of like if somebody ever asks, well, why the hell did you have you played 23 Lara Croft games? Uh, we give you the reason why. Um, so we kind of go into a little bit about uh, why things matter culturally in fandom, um, pretty much just anywhere. Like we just did an episode about The Rock. So... You'll find out why The Rock matters in this week. (laughs) Yep, that's a cool podcast. I'm a listener. Their Tolkien episode is very cool. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having us. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the cyberpunk future action animated series Batman Beyond will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And listeners, we would like to thank Fitzgerald Engineering for this ad-free listening. If you would like to sponsor one of our shows so all your fellow hoisters can listen to ad-free podcasting, then contact us via our website or social media. We are going to be going through our analysis of the show. We're going to try and keep that somewhat brief to about 30 minutes and give you an idea whether Batman Beyond is worth your time based solely off of the pilot episode. Then we will dive a little deeper into some other issues that we found worth talking about during the pilot episode so jimbo what's your background with batman beyond before we watched it i remember liking it that's that's about the extent of it i i do remember watching it probably with my nephews because i was probably close to 16 when it came out but i do remember it being enjoyable very cool i have a similar background um i liked it when it was out i remember really liking the original movie um and it was dark and it was awesome. And um, what about you guys? What was your background with Batman Beyond? I have been talking about the fact that the only Batman I want right now is Terry McGinnis. So I think that kind of speaks for uh, my background with Batman Beyond. Uh, loved it. Um, and I loved its tie-ins with like the DC animated universe for Justice, Justice League Unlimited. So I was, I've always been a fan pretty much. When I first started watching it, I didn't really care for it when it was still being broadcast. Then I watched the actual original movie, and I really loved the original movie. And then when they finally had the entire series on Netflix, went back and watched the entire thing and really enjoyed it. Well, cool. Um, So we're just going to jump right into this pilot with a two-sentence summary. 
So uh, Batman is too old to go on after he gets beat by a random crook and does something that only DCU Batman does and picks up a gun. Then a pretty bratty teenage Dick Grayson, I mean Terry McGinnis, sees old man Bruce kick some butt with his cane and then his dad dies because, of course, tragic backstory. Stay tuned to see if you should give a steaming pile of crap. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that was the spoiler edition. We probably should have mentioned oh, that before. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, we definitely there's we don't care about spoilers. Especially Mo. Um, so right now we're going to hit some show notes, um, some high points, some low points, some in-betweens. You know, what jumped out at you guys right away? Um, I guess when you start off with, you basically can definitely tell that Batman's a lot older. And that was kind of like what I wasn't sure what to expect. And then when obviously he grabs the gun. Uh, yeah, the gun thing is like rewatching it now. Um... I think a lot of people who don't know a lot of Batman from, like, this time or, like, even before, like, obviously puffy Batman Batfleck, like, used a gun and stuff. So it's it's one of those things that is supposed to unnerve you. Yeah, and that's, and that's treading close to MVP talk for me as well. Jimbo, you and I are probably going to disagree on this, but I think this show did an okay job of tiptoeing between um catering to like a younger audience was still doing some pretty solid storytelling in terms of like world building so i would call yeah batman's use of the gun is like some very deliberate storytelling like getting a lot done with like a small detail and so it did kind of leave you a little bit to put it together as an audience member i i agree unfortunately that scene was only like five percent of the pilot episode yes (laughs) that yes there have to be low points for there to be high points, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking just the pilot alone. That definitely the first episode was kind of confusing on what they were trying to do with. As somebody mentioned the childish storytelling because they had the very dark tones and you look like they set up, but it didn't. You weren't really sure where they were going with it. They did really cool stuff with the color palette, but the like kind of juxtaposing the dialogue <laughs> with that color palette didn't do like the characters any favors it did just like really kind of like make him seem even more childish than the creators probably wanted him to be and i'm talking about like terry yes <laughs> oh, uh, Terry. <laughs> i honestly think terry is a little shit and that is probably one of the reasons why i like terry a lot uh, like but just from the pilot i don't like him i completely agree Terry was just a blaring low point to me. I could not stand that kid. Terry's also really good at everything, so he's not very... There's kind of some forced sympathy with his dad, but, like, Terry's kind of a dick, and then Terry's also, like, not really struggling with a bunch of stuff. Like, he seems to be doing fine, and he's, like, good at sports, and he's popular, and, like, you know, everyone seems to like Terry, except for, like, that one dude who spit on him. So (laughs) Terry kind of seems to be a dick for no apparent reason before his dad dies very accurate well i think i think like at least how like i always saw that is like that's why he's a dick like that's the reason why he's a dick because he's never had to have empathy for anybody because he is really good at what he does like he has no reason to not be a dick like people who things come naturally to tend to be like a little standoffish or a little dickish every now and then um so that's kind of how like i read that um but it's also it makes him bratty and like kind of terrible which also leads to like the first time where I mentioned where I watched this for maybe an episode or two and then I tuned out when it was live because <laughs> if you watch this in small doses, you really don't like Terry. And it's only until I was able to binge the entire thing and I was like, oh, I love yeah. this show. I would even build on that. Him being a dick is not the reason I don't like him. 
I would say just he's so cliche of like an archetype as well. And that's and that's the thing. And then he's 16 years old. I don't care. Like I cannot have that suspension of disbelief that a 16 year old is going to take out a group of like Mad Max thugs. No, you sound like Matt and his, <laughs> his Damian Wayne. I don't like, like really any child superheroes at all. They very they bug me because I'm with you. Like even if some like 200 pound, 250 like old guy that's out of shape, all he's got to do is fall on the kid, and the kid's done no matter what shape you're in. <laughs> If you're a 16-year-old superhero, you need to be bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, Terry's just like, his superpowers is like being really good at everything. Even though in that wrestling scene, he doesn't take on that one dude very well. Like, they seem to be somewhat evenly matched, but there's not a lot of good consistency. Like, why isn't Terry like at a dojo or something like all the time? And he's like, yeah, if only I hadn't been like fight training. But he, yeah, he's just like, he's really good at fighting right off the bat. I'm, like, fighting my, like, go to the entire wealth of knowledge from Batman Beyond and Terry's, like, lineage. And I'm like, no, this is just the pilot and everybody's right with the pilot. <laughs> it's a tough job. You got to contain, contain all that knowledge. So, Drew, what's what's your high point? Or did, or did we kind of cover it with that, o- that opening scene? Was, was there additional intriguing storytelling for you? I think that there was like good enough storytelling that I, I was still, I'm willing to watch the second episode, you know, like I'm not so turned off by some of it that I'm not, you know, like wanting it to like jump to it, especially in like this streaming day and age. Um, the next episode started for me. I went back to daily motion and watched their very strange commercials, which I'm ready to talk about in shop talk. But no, I think that the storytelling was good enough, which that's not a very high, high point, which is indicative of maybe how I feel about this pilot. Dude, that is a steaming pile of shit. High point, dude. It was fine for for a kids show. Like as an adult, I'm still willing to watch the next episode. Spoiler. I don't know if it's a low point because it's something that like I'm just used to with like this Bruce Tim era animation style. Is like DC animated universe can only draw one type of character and then they like swap out faces on them. <laughs> and like in my notes, I actually wrote down Mr. Powers, aka Lex Luthor, because he looks just like Lex Luthor from the Justice League series. And I think they did the same thing with some of the security guards were were um, ripoffs of, of Superman series. Yep. And then um, what's her face? The girl with the uh, the black lips. That Dana. Terry- yeah, her. She kind of looks like Lois Lane. I do have one high point, and then I think it's time to move on. Yeah. I think the corruption plot point storyline is very good, and and it ties in from the opening scene where. There's, you know, like Bruce Wayne avoids some some merger and then it comes back and it, it kills Carrie's dad or sorry, it kills Terry's dad. And then that's like the big storyline. So I thought that was well done as far as as far as piecing together a interesting conflict. Like I actually really love old Ambers. I like his little like smack behind the back punk kid. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do portray him very well how you would expect him to be. Yeah. <laughs> after all those years <laughs> i it's not a high point or a low point it's more of an interesting point i enjoyed the opening credits which seem wildly dated in 2018 but seem super ambitious for 1999 you know especially in terms of like what we know is going to come after so i don't want to make it a high point i just want to make it an interesting point and jimbo knows how i feel about like you know theme music <laughs> Well, I was going to say, for, as far as interesting point, I guess we have to make a decision with pretty quickly, uh, pretty soon, of like, do you like this new Batsuit or do you not? 
Because that could definitely, because to me, when I saw it at first, obviously I've seen the whole thing, so obviously I stuck around. But it's one of those, it can be a turnoff of like, this isn't the Batman that I'm used to seeing. And especially just based off the pilot, you're going to turn out to possibly just not to come back. I like it, man. It's the future and and it's, you know, you got to change with the times. Oh, man, I like it too. But I'm saying like from an audience, you have basically 20 minutes to decide, do I like what they're doing with this new bat suit and how they portray this thing or not? Well, the interesting thing is too, is it's a bat, it's a Batman show with only like five minutes of Batman. If that, I didn't bump as much in the animation style because I thought it was more like kind of like an homage, you know, like they were tipping their hat to what their house animation style was. But I think they were making decisions that was like, this is different enough. And I think the bat suit was like the biggest exclamation of that. And so I was not exactly sold. Like parts of me were just like cringing during that opening theme music. Cause like some of it was like real heavy handed and dumb and weird. But then when like it cuts to the bat suit and then cuts away, I was like, no, I'm, that's cool. I'm in. And at one point, uh, the Terry Batman does like a little ballet spin or something like something yeah. like very non Batman. There's scenes dancing. And there's also these like weird words. <laughs> it's like greed, corruption, power so like yeah, i dude. actually wrote down on my notes <laughs> the uh, words? opening is 2000s as fuck yes because <laughs> like i just watched the covenant on it's it's a teen witch movie about with where they're boy witches um on netflix it's really trash but like the it's good trash but the opening scene is pretty much the same thing weird overlaid words flashes of books music that is like power man 5000 light like, and that, that it's pretty much how I thought about that. <laughs> there's, there's nostalgia at play a lot in this show. Yeah. And, and it's like not even like a knock. I, I enjoyed it. And I even enjoy like the, the carry through line that like, you know, that like the Batman that is in Batman Beyond is the Batman that saw the stuff in just in the Justice League universe. So it's just it's a, it's not necessarily a knock for their animation, but it's one of those like they built an empire on the same character just switching out faces. So I think that's going to take us to our Crabman Award. Hey, Earl. Hey, Crabman. And Jimbo, for new listeners, um, what's a Crabman Award? So our Crabman Award goes to usually a character with some type of intellect that gives way more than they take. Usually a very small amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. Jimbo, you, you've you said you went crabless in this episode. You want to elaborate just a tiny bit or is it self-explanatory? Yeah, I think it speaks for itself, you know, this- um, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in. Um, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Give it to one of the lame ass Mad Max jokers? No, thank maybe, you. Maybe that first joker. He was a very bad thug and villain. Um, <laughs> I mean, Bruce Wayne was the only character I liked in that. And he's obviously not a crab man. Um, I kind of liked Terry's mom because she seemed to be like a very bad parent. Um, especially like I kind of bumped on that scene where like the newscaster was t- describing the death of the father. And then, like, at the end, when they switch this, like, stories, she picks up the channel and turns it off. And, like, the little boy is like, they were talking about dad, weren't they? And I'm like, yeah, they referenced him by name, like, at the top of that story. Like, why why didn't the mom just turn that shit off? Like, so, yeah, once I saw that, I noticed a couple more times where Terry's mom was just kind of a bad mom. Um, So, maybe she could have a Crabman Award because her like negligence of her child kind of leads to like the show getting rolling. But yeah, this is a pretty crabless <laughs> episode. I don't disagree. 
Or maybe she can get the crap mom award. <laughs> oh, wordplay. <laughs> Did you guys notice a small small side character? Caught your fancy? There were jokers. They had a little bit of personality. I just thought it was funny that like the biggest joker was the Harley Quinn joker and he gave so much to my life just by being that. And like spray painting over a face on a TV that has moving pictures and that's not going to be the face anymore in a little bit. That kind of bugged me. But uh, yeah, I just I, I needed big buff man in Harley Quinn costume. So I feel like that gave a lot to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Emboldening those cosplayers. All right. So, Matt, you got an entry or Jimbo, you want to make a decision? Uh, if I'm going to make an entry, I'm going with Terry's mom again because nice. she does seem to set the theme of the entire series of how to be a bad parent to make your son be Batman. <laughs> I like that. I mean, but I guess it's the trope for all superheroes, right? How to be a bad parent and or how to be a parent and get yourself killed. And that's how a child becomes a superhero or a villain. Are there are there any superheroes? <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, Superman has a really wholesome home life. Okay. They all died. Comics, but yeah, in the movies. <laughs> if you're popular enough, eventually all your family members will be killed. Yeah, well, because but even in comics, like I guess it depends on what is Superman's real family. Are you count- talking about like the family that he's constantly longing for? Or are you talking about the Kents that raised him? Kents. Because I feel like having your impl- imp- entire planet die kind of fills that void of, oh no, my daddy didn't love me. Well, was he old enough to thing. make memories when this happened? No, no. He probably he only he only has a kid. Yeah, but I mean, would would that be like slightly analogous to like a transracial adoption? Because even though you might not know let's, your let's family. save this for the okay, uh, dangling fair. threads. Okay, okay <laughs> that's, fair. that's not crabman territory. All right, Jimbo, where do Sorry. you land? At first, I was really disappointed in Drew's crabman nominee, but I'm convinced Terry's mom is very deserving of not only the crabman award. But also the Crap Mom Award. So the Crab Man for Batman Beyond Rebirth Part 1 is going to Terry's Mom. And now, listeners, we're going to move into our MVP. And this is the most valuable part of the pilot. So it could be anything from a character, a writer, animator, whatever. Anything in the pilot or behind the scenes. And I will start us off, I guess, since we, we kind of talked about it. But that opening scene, that was a solid two minutes. Like that was excellent. And the, I mean, the animation, the storytelling, you know, Batman picking up the gun, which we already talked about, you know, giving like the initial conflict with the, you know, the two big billionaires kind of fighting it out. And then Batman goes back to the Batcave and he is looking at all these empty superhero costumes from young people that are probably all dead because and he's alone so i mean like like that that opening scene was just so good i would add on there too um i think that heart attack is a smart storytelling choice you know because like batman just got old you know like no one beat him batman just got old and you know time makes fools of us all so i think that's a strong choice to like narratively allow there to be a newer younger batman I'm just going to end up having to agree with them because, I mean, that's about what I brought up in the first part because the opening scene basically sets the tone and it does set up this whole not like really a passing a torch besides just like father time basically finally caught up. Yeah, I mean, I love that opening scene and it's A++, um, but I'm actually going to go with the Akira bike chase. 
Um, only because I love world building and I feel like I get to see a lot of the world that they're inhabiting now in that scene. Yeah, but this um, is a 2000s. It's just a bunch of random squares with like. That's what we thought the world was going to be. You know, I've, I have a really just fun comment to say about that. Did anyone else notice there's driving, I mean, there's flying cars, but people still have a dial-up telephone? Yeah. <laughs> That's the future, it was 19, man. It's 1999. How could you not see cell phones, dude? They're like right there. Like <laughs> they, they were selective about what they chose to keep. Also, the intercom at the Bat Mansion. This is a pretty intercom-y. I call them Akira bikes because they look just like those damn things. Or the Akira's, uh, the main bike, not Akira, the, yeah, Tetsuo's bike, um, that I feel like they obviously grabbed that from there. And I mean, I don't know, like, I know you said it's not a lot, but I get to see how, like, people are interacting with the Jokers, how many Jokers there are, the fact that, like, pretty much just everybody is running around and it's a really lawless city and, you know, it's because Batman left. And to uh, connect, you know, the two MVPs, the cops are functional in in the o- the opening scene. The cops show up on time, and we assume that they kind of arrest everyone. And then, yeah, in the future, we have Mad Max Jokers just running around. And coming back to your high point, too, I liked the variety of the Jokers. You know, like, they all had, like, little touches. They all had cool designs. That one guy in my head, I called him, like, Johnny Depp Joker, was, like, their leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They did some nice, like, kind of, like, visual personality storytelling just with, like, some of the designs. And none of the Jokers were similar enough that I got them confused with each other. Well, I mean, they're in the future, so they have the Jokers already long gone. So they literally just kind of have inspiration to do what they want. Well, see, and that's the funny thing, because if you look at this, like, there's nobody that picked up Batman's torch, but so many people are emulating the Joker. Like, why isn't there somebody running around trying to be somebody like Batman? No, Gotham is now just this lawless cesspool of Jokers which is also really interesting. And I think too, it does a nice job of like, you guys said it, like this is the Batman beyond pilot, but there's only like two minutes of Batman in it. That does, that scene does keep the action moving and keep the adrenaline pumping and, you know, kind of move it quickly from like point B to point C where we do get old man Bruce whooping butt with his cane. Even though it is interesting that he goes from the opening scene of, yes, he's fighting, even though he does have the heart attack to where he basically has a cane. And that's it. Like, he, like, went down fast. I know. Well, I just like these, like, I need my pills. There's a 20-year gap. Yeah. Yeah, well. Your body's going to deteriorate in 20 years, Matt. You'll be fine. No. <laughs> you know, he probably stopped taking the, you know, the roids and the growth hormones after, you know, the heart. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Although he's a billionaire, dude. And in the future, you know, they're going to have some nice technology for billionaires to, to stay young. He could be Robo-Batman. Or is Batman so torn apart by the guilt of losing everybody that he just decides he's going to let his old ass die? That's a good point, too. Faster ways, but yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jimbo. See, there's more layers to this uh, pilot. Now, that kind (laughs) of, speaking of those layers, my MVP was, you may have thought it was a little bit corny, but I kind of liked Terry getting mad at the intercom, and I liked how the show cut from Terry just to the Wayne Manor. You know, like they could have shown Bruce like his stupid little hand sneaking towards the intercom button or opening it up. But it was just kind of Terry just kind of screaming, you know, at the world and at his own pain and stuff. And so something about Terry like got Batman to open the gate. But I like how he just like in a very quick turnaround was kind of like, screw you, man. You know, you were never Batman. So (laughs) I like that editing choice. Just that it was just kind of it was staged as Terry arguing with the building. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> no, nah, I disagree, man. I hate ah. that. I knew it. I knew when I was watching it. I was like, I like the scene. Jimbo hates it. Don't care. I, get to I mean, that just MVP. goes back to like cliche whiny Terry. I just think they could have done yeah, it like right, a fine, man. Way. Screw He's you. He's an angsty 16 year old. What yeah, do you so expect? there's a fit. Guys, I'm going to leave. You're not Batman. Yeah, yeah, he's throwing a little fit. Well, he shouldn't have been there crying the whole time if he's just gonna be like, eh, eh, I don't like you, Batman. Yeah. Well, it's okay. He's like, <laughs> he's like, show me how to like work on the CD that killed my dad. And then Batman's <laughs> like, No, I saw what happened to the last guy with that CD. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got cable, kid. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I still liked it. Uh, I thought it was fun. And I was like, I like how they put it out there, but it's my MVP. If Terry didn't, you know, have that little whining like thing, like it's the same thing with his dad. Oh well, Terry, that was the thing. Terry was so freaking teenage, and he was like, "Why did those jokers oh, who time. chased me up there go find my dad? Like, if I'd been there to help him fight the jokers, it's not all about you, Terry." He's sixteen. In his head, it is. I know. See, this is why kids don't need to be superheroes. <laughs> well, I think we are ready to move on. So now, hoisters, the moment before the moment you've all been waiting for. Are we going to watch or rewatch Batman Beyond? And I'm not. I I might go watch the Joker movie. You should. It's awesome. Because I do remember that 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 being good, but I'm not really interested in watching the series. Um, I'm not going to watch just because there's there's bound to be other things I want to watch more and action is intent. So, Jimbo, you watch any Mary with Children episodes? No. Gotcha. Okay, so Damn, I'm not going to watch. I really meant to do that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to watch this, but w- like Jimbo. I, I didn't even watch a- episode two of Better Call Saul. Yeah, I know, dude. It's because life happens and you make conscious choices. Yeah. Um, I just don't care about the dude with the gun anymore. I know, neither do I. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm probably going to watch the Joker movie again, but maybe that'll come up in Petardar. Um, what are you guys thinking? Are you going to watch some more Batman Beyond soon? I'm a DC animated universe shill, so yeah, I'm probably going to, except it's not free anywhere, so that might make me not. That's the only thing. But if I can find it for free, I will My public library had it. Mm -hmm. Oh. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Ours is pretty far. Okay, I was (laughs) going to say, it's it's not that much work for me, but I I live in New Jersey. Yeah. Northeast. They have libraries there? Oh. Like every mile, man. They are full of libraries. We live in Texas. They don't believe in books. Oh yeah, and the books you do have are all like scripted history. Yep, <laughs> that's what they call it, quote unquote history. Yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah, you guys need some Batman Beyond down there. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> that's the future. They don't believe in that. We're still in 1947. <laughs> but uh, as far as rewatch, I'm gonna go with no. Only because I don't really like watch, rewatching things. You rewatched all of the Batman the Animated Series. Oh, that's worth your time. Yeah, but I was also like way better than this show, and was also like I had a good 15, 20 year gap in that. So maybe in 2025, 2030, I'll come back and watch The world's going to look like Batman Beyond in 2030. <laughs> Everybody's going to have Technicolor Mohawks? Well, you know, we got some two no's and a, and a maybe in the future. Maybe we'll check back with you guys in 2025. all right hoisters and now the moment you've all been waiting for to hoist or not to hoist that is the question and for new listeners this is where we cast judgment on the pilot episode rebirth part one and if you can't tell by by my attitude for most of the show i love the first two minutes but this this pilot 
hella hoisted. Okay. Um, disagree with you, Jimbo. Not great. But again, dude, it's it's a kid's show that does what it's supposed to do. I do want to watch the next episode. Terry's terrible mom makes it funny. Like, you know, the unintentional comedy award comes in. And also, dude, like, I liked it. I liked it enough that I will not hoist this. All right. So, Kate and Matt. Come down to you guys. Oh, no, I'm not going to hoist it. I want Terry McGinnis in real life. Come on now. Now, now there, you know, there is like this thing where just because you love the series doesn't mean you have to love the pilot. But, but I will accept your not voice. I, I know, I like. Okay, the okay, pilot. No, no, cool. The pilot wasn't. I that like great. The, the pilot. The pilot wasn't that great. I like the pilot. This is a two v two. And I and I still so, have a crush on Terry, so I like the pilot. I'm just thinking, like, would I re- would I go on to watch episode two? You didn't. I think it you all didn't. Back. In the past, you said you didn't. I know. It's all about the whole thing. Like, if you came for Batman. Then I don't think you should rewatch this. That's based on the pilot. So that's it. Sounds like an uh, a hoist there. I got a whiny teenage kid. <laughs> I got a weird bat suit, and I got my got the hero Batman in a cane. I mean, I, that's just kind of hard. Kick him the butt with the cane. Yeah, but he could die next episode for all we know. Yeah. Not if he has his pills, Matt. Was it? We we were hoisting <laughs> yeah. this thing. All right. Ooh, wow. <laughs> So this, how do we even define this, Jimbo? This is a this is a show. This is a in limbo. split decision tie. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not budging, dude. This this is a v- very strong hoist to me. In fact, Drew, you're you're placing it below shows that we hoisted in our quest for the best. We we have also determined that hoisting or not hoisting does not determine whether or not shows are above each other on the quest for the best list. True, as you but, and I have agreed on. Yeah, come on, man. Hoist this. I'm thinking. Hoist this. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You get you get a real look about a world without Batman, and it's way darker than like somebody kicking over oranges and like. That's just Justice because League. they drew everything dark. <laughs> if I judge the show not in the vacuum, I give it more credit because I think it does a really good job getting away from DCEU or DCAU animated universe and the Batman the animated series. So I think it does enough with the color palette, with the story, with the storytelling, and with kind of where it goes that it's – if you view it that way, that it's intentionally trying to separate itself from what has come before it. Because, like, how do you tell an iconic story about the next generation of, like, a superhero that's so ingrained in our culture? you really got to veer. you got to zig. And so if I view it outside of the vacuum of the pilot, I want to give it credit for doing that. And if I view it inside the vacuum of just one episode, it's still a pretty good pilot where I would watch the next episode. See, the funny thing is, this comes off after maybe a year, only after we get the that the new Batman animated series with the weird drawings and they switched all the stuff else. So if anything, if you come directly from that, you're probably wondering what happened to Batgirl and Robin, who played a big part in that. They died. Dead. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Dead, dude. I mean... <laughs> Well, because they were hella hoisted as well, dude. The That's why they weren't in the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying because it's not give us huge gap from like the original animated series to here. It's literally maybe a year with that other second. Well, I mean, you have season. a Nightwing suit just chilling in a thing, so either they all abandoned him or they died. Either way, that's dark. Both of those things are sad. <laughs> Which they drew the second series pretty dark too, but I think it's just that late '90s animation. Drew, I have an idea. Should we should we let our our hoisters at home weigh in on this one? I'd be down with that. I'd be down. Mo's got some watch list up, but yeah, let's let the hoisters at home determine this one. Because 
No, man, I'm not. Either way, I'm not hoisting the show. Like, All right. it avoids explosives. All right, hoisters. So you I heard it, we've, uh, Jimbo. We've watched sorry, bad Kate. pilots. I yeah, agree. no, I was gonna say. I think the fact that I want to watch Rebirth Part Two means I can't hoist. Okay, this. that's that's definitely fair. Yeah, I just wonder if you can do that off the pilot, though. The pilot is part one of two. Do you want to watch part two after the pilot, or do you just want to like? dip because it was not good i want to know what happens is he just gonna keep like coming back every day to yell at a mansion you don't know tune in next time like he is, is terry's mom gonna feed them who knows She's bad <laughs> yeah. Parenting. yeah that's probably the more interesting question <laughs> so yeah by split decision we're throwing this back to the internet because that's always a great idea yep and hopefully we get a, <laughs> an odd number of participants <laughs> You know, or participants in general. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're putting this to you, the internet. You're not supposed to say that, actually. Jimmy Christ is going to vote that. for sure. I know. I know. And I, I bet will too. And I bet, and maybe Fitz, Mo yeah, will. I bet Fitz votes. That's unfortunately only two. So, uh, Shrek <laughs> Breath, you know, we're going to need you, dude. I know. <laughs> Comic Lover1234, who only gets internet on Thursdays when he goes to the library. I hope you there listen to this episode. Pressure him, man. <laughs> Give him detention. And then, lo- the and then let Jimbo, him watch my it. My power is uh. not powerful. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, I think we are ready to move on. So you heard it. We will uh, vote on our website or vote on Twitter. And I will, Drew and I will tally up the votes. So you need to leave a comment on the blog post with your vote or go to Twitter and just tweet us somewhere. Yeah. Reach out. You know how to get, the, you know, use the internet. And if you can't figure that out, call one of us because we know that the people that can't figure that out know our numbers. So my mom does listen to the show now. <laughs> nice. My sister played it for her. Cool. She's upset with my amount of cursing. Yeah, definitely. yeah. My mom listened to our first few episodes before we realized that we get more listeners without an explicit tag. And my mom was like, "Why do you say the f word so much, Miha?" Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you heard you talk before, mom? I know my mom cusses all the time, and she's calling me out. Mom, when you hear this, yep. hypocrisy. Well, your your mom's not cussing on the internet, Drew. See, that's the point. My mom says I'm not a lady, so that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah. Gender norms. Okay, so now we are going to move on. And Kate, I think it's appropriate that you announce our next section. And now, the Stormy Daniels dangling threats. Makes you feel better. The first time we did that, Jimbo didn't know who Stormy Daniels was. <laughs> I played it off cool like I did though, and then I looked her up later. And then I looked her up later, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's this <laughs> porn star that was banging Trump." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's so awesome! It makes it makes so much more sense now." <laughs> <laughs> and for new listeners, if you're not sure what a dangling thread is, this is ideas that we thought were interesting enough to discuss, but didn't quite fit into the first part of the show. And we definitely started talking about a few of these let's let's go back to the call to action as as we mentioned earlier terry's call to action with like a kind of a mix between peter parker and bruce wayne and like half the other superheroes ever created so what do we think about that what calls to action do we like which ones do we think are the worst or played out and we can even talk about superman again as far as the uh parents and whatnot we kind of get past it because it's old, but it is pretty elementary. But like, it is super like sixteen year old selfish of Terry to be like that specific group of Jokers went and found my dad. Whereas like, at least Spider Man sees the burglar go by him, and like, there's a very direct line. Like, there's something pretty selfish about Terry being like, 
it's those guys because that guy and I because that thing I did. I mean, just to kind of, like, back up Terry a little bit, like, yeah, that is a little juvenile, but then it's also, like, when you're grieving, you also kind of blame yourself for everything, because it's kind of like, what could I do differently to make sure that I still have this person here? Oh, I fought with some Jokers prior to my dad getting killed by Jokers. It must have been my fault. That's definitely logical, but as a viewer of a superhero story, I mean, is that what you want? It's what I always get with superhero okay. stories. I, I, I wouldn't know. read, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't read comic books if a bad or if like a redundant call to action happened. I would not like any of the heroes that I like. Wait, what do you mean by redundant? Yeah, no. No, well, I guess like okay. Uh, I guess not redundant. I guess redundant amongst other superheroes. Like nothing really changes a lot of these superheroes' backstories. Some parent dies. Some parents crappy to them. Like it, there is a tragic backstory, and without that, you usually don't have that superhero rising up out of something. So, like for me, I kind of just it's it's par for the course. Well, I mean, there's only a limited amount of things you do. Not everybody, John Wick, where they just killed the kid's dog, and all of a sudden you got the superhero. Everybody need, should be John. You Wick. need like more than that. So <laughs> the parents are the logical and the easy. I know they are, but like I'd go John Wick for my dog. I liked the the Bruce Wayne aspect of it, where like Bruce Wayne's parents were killed in some overwhelming Gotham conspiracy, and Terry's father's killed in like some overwhelming Gotham conspiracy as well. So like I like that tie together, but the like the Peter Parker part just came off cheesy and really childish. I guess like him being sixteen is for the pleasure of young viewers, but. I just don't like his call to action. I like like half of it, but the other half I just hate. I think that like the X-Men archetype or even like it's kind of related to the Buffy one, like power thrust upon youth or like getting something that like stigmatizes you or differentiates you. I think it's an interesting way to come at like the idea of heroism, you know, and so like people assuming that mantle of responsibility because I think it's an easier metaphor to translate to like a wider audience as opposed to like you are only a hero if something tragic or terrible happens to you. Whereas, like, if you think about, like, the Buffy and the mutants, like, something that they don't control alters their identity, and so they kind of struggle with that because a lot of people kind of struggle with identity and stuff. So I think I like that idea more so than tragedy having to be part of their backstory. Um, So I agree that it's it's more interesting because there are more points of, like, self-reflection in the characters. But at the same time it is still a tragic backstory because like bad things happen to these people when this happens. Like one of Buffy's biggest turning points is when she dies at the end of the first season and then is revived. Like they still have tragedy. So like, I think I guess it's just how that tragedy comes around, but I think every hero has tragedy that makes them become something. But yeah, I mean, everyone has to have their odyssey and they have to have their growth through experience. And we, follow it with them if batman wasn't batman or if like frank castle wasn't punisher and like it came out today would we accept it like are we savvier media consumers than people were like 70 years ago or have they become parts of like our culture and so we accept that archetype because it's established both yeah okay so let's so let's do like a snap favorite what is your favorite call to action off the top of your head I I, I can go first either. Okay. If uh, people if people need time to think, you can go first. Go ahead. Okay. Go so first. so so when I was thinking about it, One Punch Man. 
<laughs> I love One Punch Man's call to action. And, and Drew and I did discuss this in our second episode. Just how he just doesn't care about anything. And the only reason he really does it is just because he, he kind of feels some lame duty to his country. The fact that Japan needs more people and so they can he like he can't afford this child to be killed because their declining birth rate like that's my like that's just hilarious it does come back to one punch man frequently yes <laughs> i love one punch man and drew's and drew's it's always great. trying to like trying to knock it down a little bit so i'll go back to what i said i think um power and responsibility thrust upon youth so that, that's kind of an x-men pseudo spider-man theme all right give us one give us one one character uh Kitty Pride, she's a really classic. Um, oh, okay, that's a cool one. Yeah, she's a classic X Men archetype. Like you know, your point of view character, your introduction character, so you get to know everyone else. She's a good attitude. You know, she has some good growth as a character over the decades too. Doesn't get that much older, but you know, she definitely like sees some things. So I, yeah, I like her call to action. I also like the Dumb and Dumber one, dude. The Dumb and Dumber call to action is just hilarious <laughs> as well. Like that's like that's up there in my top three probably. <laughs> This is something um, I've never thought about before, so <laughs> without just doing the generics. <laughs> I don't think that the reason the X-Men are the way they are is because power is thrust upon them. I think bigotry is thus thrust upon them, and so they have to make the decision to assimilate and try to hide it if they can. Um, fight against people who are doing to them, or fight for the people who are doing what they're doing to them um and that for me has been like why what makes an x-men an x-men and what make or an x-man an x-man and what makes somebody be a part of the brotherhood and what makes people you know just fall beneath the surface or end up in the neutral zone like the murlocs like so i've never really viewed x-men i guess kind of thinking about it now is like power thrust upon somebody because their powers thrust upon them and they have to realize how to work with it but at the same time like it's not necessarily power and responsibility so much as it is like alienation and having it like stop you and like how you like overcome that so for call to action i think rogue personally and rogue is like honest like rogue storm magneto are my three favorite x-men characters and rogue is a character who wants desperately to be with people and she can't ever because she will kill them um, and like how you navigate that space of like, there really is no positive thing around her powers. Um, and so like hers is trying to find like where she fits in this because like even within muted, she's still kind of shunned a little bit because like she really doesn't fit there. So that's yeah. And she's super powerful, but she like can't do the things she wants to do. Exactly. Cause then she puts Miss Marvel. In that's a, a that's a great choice. So mine's probably going to be a very bad choice, <laughs> and we'll see how this goes. But uh, since I had the unlimited choice of choosing anything, per se, I guess depending on how we define the call to action, because we're talking about, like, I guess having to use whatever you have. Uh, motivation. Yeah, motivation. Yeah, motivation. And I almost want to go with either basically the, the the symbiote or symbiote of basically either Venom or, like, Black Spider-Man. That's cool. I'm digging basically, on it. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you have this part where he finally gets more power and uses and he finally decides to use it in basically this like freedom of like rage that he always keeps inside of him. And so he's able to finally I guess express himself or basically have I guess more ways to go. 
I thought you were going to come at it as the angle of like a That's biological like a call to action too. Cause like it's his job to be symbiotic with something else. And so what an interesting motivation to be a character or to like move through these worlds is like your biological need to like combine. It's like his call to action is friendship. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that could be a part two, but I guess that's basically what they, it becomes a part of you, and it kind of shows your true part of what you Well, it's like hijacking as well, like like they're being hijacked. That's a great choice. Uh, let's keep it brief, because, because I, because I want to flip it as well. Oh, wait, uh, Daredevil. Um, I like that his disability, or like what he, people might think of a hindrance, is his power. So that's a very interesting and cool call to action. That's a cool one for sure. I thought his call to action was his dad dying. I think it's a couple of things. I think I think it's part of it, but you're right. I guess there is some. Yeah, it's a two part. So so like his dad dying makes him become a superhero, but his powers come from somebody he can't control. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're getting to that weird area of like defining that like call to action. But you're right. Okay. Good point. Okay. Right, what are you saying, Jimbo? You're about to you're about to pivot. Now, just off the top of our head, what's what's our least favorite? It might be Batman. I mean, Batman or Punisher. Really? I mean, that's the thing. Like, the more I don't want to reflect on it, because like now that like Terry's is so thing, it just seems like if this wasn't like a cultural archetype, if it wasn't like built into our identity of like loving comics and like nerd and geek culture stuff, like if it came out tomorrow, it'd be like that's lame, you know? Like that's like really elementary storytelling and kind of basic, but like we accept it. I'm even thinking Luke Skywalker, which is the same type. I was gonna say mine would be easy on this. I'm going with like a Captain America type one. Or I just need, feel I need to be good, or just for like the country or something. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna switch mine to Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Superman. Yeah, Superman is he's well, just he's what perfect. just old, yeah yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That, no that's the, the worst. Actually, man. I, I like, switched my vote again. Su- Superman. Well, I was debating between <laughs> Superman and Captain America, it, but I went with Captain it's America. Like, oh over. no, you're a space immigrant. Oh no, you're a perfect man when you have your glasses on and you fit into everything, and nobody actually treats you like crap. Sorry. No, I okay. Here's the thing: I was a huge Superman hater. Grant Morrison's All Star Superman, like freaking issue ten. The point is not that Superman has all the power; it's that he doesn't have time to correct all the things that are around him. So he has to be within himself. That he has this power that we view as ultimate, but he can't do all the things that he wants to do. So he makes those choices continuously. I think that adds layers to like how we can view Superman. Now, as an omnipotent being, but he's very limited. I don't see him as omnipotent. I just see him as somebody who really has no problem unless he's wearing his suit and he can choose to just not wear the suit and he's perfectly fine. Maybe not omnipotent, but is most powerful then. But I, I really like that panel. I might do something with that panel where like he saves the girl from committing suicide and it's not through like his like rushing down and catching her. It's through like listening, you know, and just kind of yeah. like Ooh. making that decision. I love it. I actually Google image that panel a lot. I need to like get it or like, something. I- like, I could see that. And then I can make the same argument as to why I personally think Captain America works is because he lives the call to action differently than just serving his country. And he will abandon his country if he needs to. Because he's well, not because what the they've country. turned him into now. But if we're going from, like, the origins of why they made Which him. origin? Because they rewrote him many a times. Yeah, but I think it took a while before he turned into this yeah, more, I mean, like, rebel yeah. character. Wait, I listened to the Captain America, but why, though? Which we were featured on. Um... And like, yeah. you know, like Captain America was defying like what we perceive as social norms pretty far back. Like I was not aware of like Captain yeah. America being like a pretty good LGBT plus ally in like the 70s, 80s. It was. It was yeah, 70s, yeah, 80s, early, 80s. early 80s. All right. Well, well, we dangled that one really well. <laughs> okay. 
And that was kind of my dangling thread because I just was asking, is Batman a good character? And we, I, I rambled and we all were just kind of like, yeah, it's an archetype. I think he is. Well, okay, well, let me ask this because we talked about like Batman Beyond in the pile having to get away from it. How hard is it to tell like a new good story with these characters that we accept like 70 years of? And is there a story in the last five years that you guys could point to with like a Batman or a Punisher or a Superman as being exceptional? Like, have all the good stories been told with these guys? No. What did you read in the last four years that was a really a Batman story? I don't read Batman, but I would say the movies were okay. I mean, like, the original, I mean, the you know, the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, like, that was a good run. It's it's 15 years. But it's also retelling of an existing story, so it's not, like, a new story. Yeah, well, I mean, how, how could you possibly tell a new story? It depends on how you define new. I think Drew's is saying like something that came out, right? As in new, as in like recent, not. Yeah, but something original too. Cause like I would agree with them. I would say that like the foundation of Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and especially Dark Knight Rising is like there's enough DNA to tie it to comics that it's not wholly original the way that some MCU films are. Um, even though some MCU films do still really borrow like at least thematic elements. The reason I'm saying Batman's a good character, the fact that he's so played out is because he's a good character. And, the, and that's the same thing with Wolverine and Iron Man and X-Men and all these characters that are on the cover of half the comic books in the comic book store because they are good characters. Well, X-Men is a good concept, but you don't have the same characters all the time. That's why X-Men, I think, like gets away in this area is because they rotate that team so damn frequently. Um, and then like you have like X-Men Red going on right now and like, he, like there's so many different veins for it because it's a team. I think it's really hard to make, like to throw them in here just because it's team based. And so you have different stories. I think Jean Grey is a terrible character and overplayed. Um, so am I allowed to ask a question since we're trying to talk about new stories yeah. and we're talking about Batman? Yeah. So are we pro Bat family or anti Bat family? That's a good question. Family? I think the only way to tell new stories with them is to change their mantles. Like, the reason Captain America gets really interesting recently is because when with Sam Cap, it's amazing storytelling, and it alters the way, like, wearing a flag is because he's, you know, a black man as Captain America versus Steve. And so they're able to tell different types of stories through the lens of Captain America and what that means for somebody else. But at the end of the day, it's not a new... Captain America story with Steve Rogers with Steve Rogers. Like changing the mantles are the only way we get like longevity out of these things. No, it's not. I don't like the amount of Robins running around right now. Cause like I think it should be like one Robin ish character. I think that is part of like I think that's part of like the Batman archetype and like the mythos and whatnot. And it does tie him to not being like a crazy person, you know, to like training as like a natural human instinct. But I don't like the sheer number of bat adjacent people there are right now i usually like it to be like one-ish see i do like what you said about the crazy part because we've been trying it seems like lately we're trying to normalize these people per se when basically being a superhero for the most part's always been you are crazy in some aspect but now we're trying to make them be like normal people but i think that's always been a a thing that's always been the line between a good villain and a good hero is like there's there's a very thin piece between that what what keeps them from going over the edge but it doesn't matter even your dedicated lifestyle what you're living you're still crazy i was about to say that 
I just don't think you can normalize your life of we need 17 Robins, we have this whole family and everything else to be a superhero. I think they're just looking for more ways to sell comic books and more exactly. ways to, to sell new stories while still trying to like latch on to an old character to sell books. I have I have another idea about the fact that Batman is not only old, but he's alone. And I feel like that says a lot about being a superhero. You're like destined to be dead or alone. Thank is that, you. Is that what you were trying? Is that what you were trying to say with the crazy thing? Yes. Okay, thank that, you. That's not that's not crazy. That's being alone. Well, no, but your lifestyle is craziness because you then you end up being alone. It's a crazy lifestyle for sure. Living alone in a mansion with a dog does smack of craziness. Like that's not pragmatic. That's not you know usually what you do. Like I would say if there was a yeah. elderly person who needs to take heart pills living alone and like attacking teenagers in his driveway with just a dog no that's not normal <laughs> thank you thank so you thank you you just described clint eastwood a lot of people call him crazy he talked to a yeah. empty oh, chair well, no, he is crazy he talked yeah and clint eastwood racist. is not my yard he, sign he talked to an like, empty chair of mental health <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I just feel like as a superhero, you will end up alone and partially probably crazy and beating someone with a cane well, with I PTSD mean, like, if, 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 over if, versus we're going to have okay, this happy so if we family. Stop just throwing around crazy. I think the fa- I think you're right, Jimbo. Like, I think like all of these things actually give us really great storylines within exploring characters and like the mental health side of things, because it's like you do have to balance this and make choices and like it can go really wrong and you end up like Frank Castle. Who will never have anybody. That's the story that I'm more interested in Batman Beyond is actually Bruce Wayne. And I feel like that's why I love that opening scene, which I've, you know, I can't stop talking about. And I hated the rest of the show. We don't, yeah, we can, we can avoid the C word, but I also think like he's not making the best choices for himself, which, you know, why not? those are not, what? Why not? Because, man, he's isolating himself. Like, you okay. need to have human contact. Like, it shows that, like, people who, like, have conversations, like, on a weekly basis or even, like, that some, like, studies show that, like, women are actually happier than men because they engage in more casual touch. You know, like, they can be intimate with more people. And sometimes when men don't have an outlet for, like, intimacy because either they're isolated or because of, like, toxic masculinity, it can lead to aggressive behavior or things like that. So, you know, it, I guess under like that study it's nice he has a dog to pet but still that's like not a lot of like you know socializing but based on what you just said though would make him a great batman though drew the reason he has no one around is they're all dead man because of the lifestyle he chose (laughs) (laughs) he could have gotten a new alfred alfred was never a superhero why didn't he get a new uh, he could have got a new guy that raised him you can't just grab a new guy that raised you so much that he was not going to replace Alfred. You are now exactly, Alfred 2.0. You raised me. <laughs> so now he's, he's up on, like, he's up on Craigslist, like UK Craigslist. I'm old now, but I still need someone to raise me. All right, Hoister. So now we're going to move on. We're going to go to our Patardar. And for any new listeners that are still hanging in there with us, our Patardar is recommendations based off of the pilot episode of Batman Beyond. And I think we all have Batman, the animated series, the OG, 1992, definitely. Not the 1997. Definitely not. <laughs> if you watch it on Amazon, they are put right next to each other. Like, it's, con- it's considered uh, okay. one show. Well. Yeah. But um, I'll throw it out there, along with Batman, the animated series, specifically the Almost Got Him episode. 
It's a fantastic Batman the Animated Series episode. Highly recommended. Very funny. Yeah, epilogue from Justice League Unlimited. It's required. Okay, I might watch that actually then. I haven't I I've never seen a second of Justice League. Oh my god, dude, it's so good. Oh my gosh. We allowed they allowed you on the show. We only do pilots, man. Well, actually, the pilot now is actually really good. It, Hoisters, yeah, it you're is. out there. You can and sponsor a show, and we and we will take a look in at that Justice League pilot. And then, since we're still on the Batman ish genre, I'll say the the Gotham TV show. It it definitely has its problems, but season one and two are really entertaining, super dark, and very similar to Batman Beyond. I think I started a couple episodes in season four. I don't think I've seen the sun out once in four seasons, three seasons, whatever. Like that, like that show is extremely violent, brutal, but there's definitely some good aspects to it, along with some just really bad storytelling. <laughs> Fish, Mooney, and Penguin are like the only reasons I watch two seasons. Cop show they slap Batman's name on it. I like Jim Jim Gordon as well. I just can't not think of him as the guy from the OC. Oh, I never watched the OC. I watched it. It was a phenomenon, Jimbo. <laughs> that, that's a good pilot, too. Um, before we leave um, the DC Animated Universe, uh, I want to recommend Dark Knight by Paul Dini, because um, he also did some work on Batman Beyond. And the interesting thing about that, uh, it's a graphic novel, but it's, um, it's kind of like a graphic um, biography. And Knight is spelled N-I-G-H-T. So while Paul Dini was doing a bunch of work on the original Batman the Animated Series, he was violently mugged um, and beaten. And he actually was hospitalized because of it. And he kind of like wrote this graphic novel as um, a way of like expressing what that was like. So it's a very interesting... It is, we talked about mental health in this show. Um, it's a very interesting exploration of um, what his state of mind was like. And it's really, really cool. Highly recommended. I'll just I'll just toss out one more that that we've already done at Pilots and Petards. X Men the animated series. I think to me like that's that's the ultimate number one animated series. Great for people of all ages. So the only thing that came to my mind, which probably has nothing to do, and I nope. apologize, I'm completely off, but it kind of goes with the Dark Knight that he talks about. But there's an episode I believe in Criminal Minds, which is in season four, with um the guy that played Malcolm in the Middle, I believe, Freddie. Yes. What's his name? Frankie Munez. Frankie Munez, who basically gets mugged and watches his fiance die in front of him, and he's a comic book writer, and he basically goes insane into killing all the people while he has these blackout episodes, thinking he's Whoa. in a comic. That, that sounds interesting. It's actually an amazing episode. It's I might really watch good. that one too. And it's all on Netflix. What was the episode called? It's called True Night, is the name of the episode. Season three, episode oh, 10. Season three at the end of the Now we have our newish installed segment of the show, Petard Trivia. And I don't know if our if our guests knew about this, but we have our number one contender, Drew, is trying Woo! to get one and one our champion our championship belt back in the Petards network. So we need a challenger to take on Drew in Petard Trivia. Very unorthodox type of trivia game. You guys you guys want a Rochambeau or you wanna well, go? all I know is your head is, like, just filled with things. Well, I have no idea what things we're going to pull out. I just pulled out a Criminal Minds episode, <laughs> so I don't know where we're going. That's, that's not going to show up in Petard Trivia. So this, so these trivia questions are going to be based mostly, if not solely, off of the Rebirth Part 1 pilot. I'll do it. Yeah, but you go. Podcast versus podcast competition. Yep, yep. 
Now, the winner <laughs> of this will be our number one contender, and it will be hopefully challenging Drew's sister, Zan, who has the Petard trivia belt around her waist right now. Yeah, she's used to beating me at things, so not surprised. <laughs> it's going to be choose the best answer. There may or may not be some explanations. And I am the arbitrary uh, judge, the arbiter. So just be ready for anything. Drew's buzzer is going to sound like this. Buzz. And Kate's buzzer is going to sound like this. Beep. First one to buzz in obviously gets to answer. If that person's wrong, the other person will get a chance to answer. Uh. Question number one. How many years after Batman the Animated Series from... Okay, go ahead. Uh, You definitely buzzed in. (laughs) Yep. I did seven? No. Drew, would you like to step... Can you finish the question? Uh, Yes, of course. So how many years after... Okay, so, so, so Kate's answer is seven. Closest answer will win. How many years after Batman the Animated Series from 1992, okay, is Bruce Wayne's final fight as Batman in the opening scene? I'd say 20. All right, 20 is the answer that I found, and that and that's going to be the correct answer. Damn it. Yeah. It so that's oh, one. Uh, that's, no, that that's, happened to me last week, and I was like, I learned a lesson. Okay, so, so one point to Drew. Oh, it's going to be five questions, and then with a possible tiebreaker. Question number two. So, going back to my favorite scene, Batman says the words, quote, never again, end quote. What comic book is that alluding to? Yes, Kate. Death in the Family? Drew, would you like Mm. to... Go ahead. Batman Year Two? What comic book is about Batman after he's done being Batman? Batman The Dark Knight Returns? Exactly. So, Kate had the closest answer. She will get that point. Batman Year Two, Batman and a Gun. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Batman Year Two was a very terrible answer. Um, it's not a good comic book either. Yeah. All right. Question number three, and we are tied one-one. When Terry goes out with Dana, they are waiting in line at a club. What is the name of that club? <laughs> <laughs> I I I will take the closest answer. Drew, go go ahead. Drew, first first response. Go. The sizzling snake. That is incorrect. Okay. Kate, I'm I was give closer you, than Kate. Yes. I'm going to give you a chance to steal. Okay. I would go with a number. What? <laughs> Bias and collusion. Seven. That is incorrect, but that is way closer than Drew's. The club was 54. Oh, yeah. We're connecting our studio 54 dots there. And Kate has taken the lead 2-1. Question number four is a two parts worth two points. Who is the girl that is abducted in the opening scene? What is her name and her relationship to the series? Possible two points. First and last name? Any name, I guess. Buzz in. Eh. Go ahead, Drew. Is it Amber? I feel like it's Amber. She's a debutante. It's Amber. Was it Amber? Is it Ashley? It's What's Amber. your answer? Amber. What's her relation? She is the last witness of Batman. She's the last person to see Batman. He wanders off after his heart attack. No one sees him. Oh boy. Okay. 
Um, Last Living Batman Witness. That is not correct. Go on, Kate. Yeah. Beat that. <laughs> that is incorrect. Maybe you'll get a hint. <laughs> I bet. Kate, do you want to just go go for a steal? I'll give you a couple seconds. I'm going to just throw in a Gordon to the name. Don't know a first name. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> a Gordon of some sort. He's a part of one of the biggest families in Gotham. Uh, hmm. Jimbo, we might go to the fifth question. Yeah, we might have oh. to. Okay, so um, who was it? She had a dude. She had a debutante like she had a double name. She had like a country club name. So the abducted girl was Bunny Verland, and she is the daughter of Veronica Verland. She also pursued Bruce Wayne as a romantic partner. That is Veronica Verland. She also had ties with the Penguin, Mad Hatter. Harley Quinn, to name a few. And she was in several episodes of the Batman animated series. You both were very wrong, but I'm going to have to give the point to Drew. So that gives us a tie. We are at 2-2. This question will determine the winner and number one contender of Petard Trivia. Watch out, Zan. Question number five. Okay, this this is an explanation question. You, you get 20 seconds to answer. First one to buzz in, first response. Who would win in a fight to the death? Old man Bruce Wayne with his cane or young wrestling stud Terry McGinnis? Oh, and... Go ahead, Drew. You have 20 seconds. You have 20 seconds. Go. Dude, it's old man Bruce Wayne. Like, old man Bruce Wayne in Dark Knight Returns defeats Superman and then doesn't kill him just so that Superman will know that he will live the rest of his life with defeat. Like, old man Batman is like Batman, but more ornery and full of pepper. So, no one beats old man Batman. Like, go away, Terry McGinnis. Like, you couldn't beat, like, right, a bully and a unitard. Thank you. That, that, that was a very strong response, Drew. Kate, would you like to step in and back up your boy, Terry? No, actually, because old man Batman would beat the shit out of him with that cane. And if he, and if he couldn't, he would make sure that if he keeled over, he would fall on top of Terry. And crush him because Terry is so small compared to Batman. He could not push him above. So either way, old man Batman. Unfortunately, Drew was the first one to give the old man Batman response. <laughs> I know. Look, well, he might have not even <laughs> answered that. All right, and you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that was a very valiant effort from Kate. She she definitely was was unprepared. Was that valiant? She like gave away the last <laughs> question. She had a lot of spirit. I really thought you were going to make a yeah, comeback too you with, the, pick the other with the Terry. But I genuinely don't think Yeah, he, he doesn't, he doesn't stand a chance. I can't yeah, I argue for something I don't believe in. He obviously wasn't the right answer. <laughs> Unless you could have thrown in Batman has a heart attack. Like That would have been the only way Terry wins. Batman has a heart attack. But anyways, Drew is our number one contender climbing back into contention yep. I'm coming after you Zan Zan he's coming for you so next week Zan you better catch up on some Dexter because Drew is going to be coming in hot you know he has a winning record 2-1 and one. he's thirsty he's hungry okay young and scrappy too yep. alright <laughs> and next week ladies and gentlemen we are adding Marvel's Cloak and Dagger 
Unfortunately, it is too late to participate in the pre-recording discussion for Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, but you can participate in the pre-recording discussion for Dexter, Lost, and Cheers. Those will be Dexter in two weeks, Lost in three weeks, and Cheers in four weeks. Participate ahead of time, and you can become Petard Famous. Additional plugs, we have official closing music is an instrumental track by Entheos, and our intro-outro music was mixed by Jake Drew. Join us and follow us on our blog, add us on Twitter or Instagram, or join our Facebook group. KM Matt, do you guys want to plug some stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you can find our podcast at But Why Do PC on Twitter. That's where we're most active. And you can check out our website, butwhydopodcast.com. It's a lot of things now and not just where you can find our episodes. You can find all of our blogs. We've just added a podcast, um, which is a pop culture podcast where they binge stuff over a month and then talk about it, recommend stuff. They're awesome. They're called So Here's What Happens. And then we have another podcast we're adding of the Pokemon variety. So you can you can get uh, get tuned in there. Just go to footwiselepodcast.com and read all our awesome blogs. Drew has written one for us yes. so far, and it's a really good take on Daredevil. There's another one coming <laughs> this week. There is a ton of content on that website. I would say there's something for everyone. We try to make that soon. Um, and then you can find me at OmemethRandier on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at datmattdattm Would you like to say that again? Nobody follows me on Twitter. hoisters if you can't tell by the music the show is officially over but if you love us as much as we love us we're going to stick around for a couple more minutes so matt and kate thanks a lot for joining us this this was a fun one it was long as always i know we always say they're going to be shorter Thanks for having us, and that's about how the yeah. guest thing works. Yep, thank you so much. We've had a six-hour conversation wow. with the guest before. Wow, what so. was this? No thanks. Yeah, who was that so we don't ever invite them? <laughs> <laughs> One, you probably should okay. invite He's them. amazing. Uh, Alex from uh, What We Talk About, We Talk About, we've had him on a few episodes, the Captain America oh, yeah. episode. Um, we talked about the MCU the shambles in the DCU and all the different versions kind of similar to the mantle conversation we had a little bit on here um he's a wealth of like comic book things and stuff so how much of that got like how long was the actual end episode end up being yeah. and probably it's about a two hour episode probably a little under what was that first one that he was on that was halloween or scream oh scream yeah that was the first time he was on for a scream well episode. i was gonna say too um I looked through your back catalog and Jimbo Mo or I would be more than happy or willing to do a Hamilton episode if you guys ever get that one up on your queue. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh people from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Lynn Manuel Miranda's musical and it's a retelling of Yes. I thought we lived in a post Hamilton thing. Oh my god, Matt, go go away, Natalie Portman. Be gone. My goodness. He's gone. He al- he also wrote the soundtrack for uh, Moana. Heights. Yep. And then he wanted Tony for In the Heights, mm-hmm. which is going to be a movie in 2020. Yep. And he is going to be in Mary Poppins mm-hmm. in huh. December. Yep. And he did the track, uh, the intro song for the Magic School Bus. Time out. We can't do a musician because I tried to do a musician. I got yelled at. What musician did you try to do? Uh, 
Ja Rule? <laughs> yeah. If you can't remember, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I did. You guys told me we had to do John Williams first before I was allowed to do him. Hans Zimmer. Yes, Hans Zimmer. No, Adrian said you had to do John Williams first. I said I love Hans Zimmer. Hi. Don't throw that. Don't put that evil on me. I think, I think a musical is a, is, would be a great idea. Just Even if you guys didn't call any of us, it would be fun to listen to as well. Oh, no. I will. I... I I will definitely. And if you were going to choose one, Hamilton's the one. Just not only because it's so popular, but it's exceptionally good. Actually, um, I've listened to that soundtrack so many times. It's it's well worth your seventeen dollars. Just buy the soundtrack instead of finding weird ways to pirate it. <laughs> and the mixtape is really really yes, good. Yes, agreed. I hated the mixtape. I think I listened to the. I mean, I I, I listened to the soundtrack like more times than I can count and the mixtape was just not what I wanted the mixtape was uneven in places but in places where it rocked I thought it really was really cool but yeah yeah. Usher wait for it was maddeningly disappointing and now the more I learn about his personal life the more I'm like ew Usher like all like all the biggest names were the most disappointing ones besides maybe the Queen Latifah track Rez Ahmed, Snow the Product, and uh, Kanan, and I forget the name, but like the dude from Guy I like the Nas Davist one that Miranda was on, yeah. and like Nas is that a big was man. really good. I nah, didn't like yeah. it. That's fair, you know, it's opinions, yeah. but yeah, I like definitely. mine. Yeah, you you would. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's okay, man. <laughs> I, I like the but yeah, why though episodes where like someone yeah. is kind of in the dark and they learn things and they comment as they go along. Those are good. Those are good ones. So the sad part was we weren't sure how to handle that at first. We thought it was cool, but we weren't sure what people would think, and we didn't know if we should get rid of it. But that has been like one of the main things we've been told is people love those episodes, apparently. All right, Hoisters, and now for time purposes, we're going to wrap up the show, and we're going to bounce back and finish our quest for the best. And for the new listeners, this is where we are going to place Batman Beyond Rebirth Part 1 into our running list of the best and worst pilots ever. Jimbo, I think this is better than One Tree Hill. Come on, man. I had more fun. And, like, dude, you love those first two minutes. So, like, is the first two minutes of Batman Beyond, is anything in One Tree Hill better than those first two minutes? No, but I feel like One Tree Hill is probably better than the rest of the pilot. I would say that, like, the Batman Beyond pilot is way more average than you're giving it credit for. Like, you're making it sound terrible. It was just basic, dude. Dude, it was terrible, man. That, I, I I would not have finished watching that. So you want to go below Wonderfalls? That's what I was thinking, man. I, I enjoyed Wonderfalls a lot better. Is is One Tree Hill above Wonderfalls? I enjoyed One Tree okay, Hill well, more then, than yeah, Wonderfalls. Think... Okay. I'll go with that. If you feel as strong about Wonderfalls, then I'm fine with that. We got Batman Beyond. Oh, man, I feel like Comic Lover 1234 is going to be upset with me. But that's okay. I won't see him until late August. Yeah, that's fine. You know, he he needs to learn how to deal with loss and, you know, disappointment in life. So <sighs> he'll have all summer to do that. <laughs> well, cool. All right, Jimbo. All right. All right. So uh, I think that's it, Hoisters. Jimbo out. Every day we hoistle and Drew out.